In this edition of the podcast, two artists, one subject. Both artists separately undertake creating a portrait of Australian fashion designer and media presenter Claudia Chan Shaw, and both artists submit their work for judging in the Archibald Art Prize. We learn about their different approaches and have each respond to the work of the other. I'm Tim Stackpool, and this is Inside the Gallery. Hello and thanks for taking a listen to the podcast once again as we acknowledge the traditional custodians of the land upon which this podcast is produced and downloaded and acknowledge their elders past, present and emerging. And of course, you can read a transcript of our discussion via the link at this episode's description at www.insidethegallery.com.au and that's thanks to the contribution made by the Australian Arts Channel which is available to view for free at www.australianartschannel.com.au The Archibald Prize is generally recognised as the most prestigious portrait prize in Australia. This year, 949 entries were received, with 57 selected for final judging, currently on display at the Art Gallery of New South Wales. The Salon de Refusé was initiated by the SH Irvin Gallery in 1992 in response to the large number of works entered into the Archibald Prize which were not selected for display in the official exhibition. The Salon judges do select from the many hundreds of works entered into the Archibald but not chosen for the official award exhibition. This year the Salon is exhibiting just 35 works from the Archibald Prize entrance. Artists John Klein and Sally Ryan both separately submitted portraits of the same subject. John Klein has been engaged in creative pursuits his entire career. His love for the visual arts has seen him drawn into the mediums of film, photography and painting. He's been a finalist in a number of prestigious art prizes including the Mossman, Kennedy and Gallipoli to name just a few. His paintings are held in private collections in Italy, France, Germany the United States, the United Kingdom and throughout Australia. Sally Ryan's artwork is best described as contemporary realism and includes all genres of painting but with an emphasis on portraiture, interiors and still life. Her artworks hang in both private and public collections and have been recognised in numerous competitions across Australia, such as the Archibald, Doug Moran and Lester Prizes. Internationally, she's also been a finalist multiple times in the Arc Salon and Portrait Society of America competitions, in which she received signature status in 2019 for consistent excellence in portraiture. Their subject for this year's Archibald is Australian fashion designer and media presenter Claudia Chanshaw. Claudia is a Sydney-born creative with a diverse career spanning art and design, photography, curating, television and radio presenting, arts commentary, public speaking and collecting. You might know her being co-host and presenter on ABC TV's long-running popular program Collectors and co-host on another television show, Antiques Down Under, broadcast on 9 Gem and 9 Now. She's curated Sydney's Chinese New Year's Festival for years at a time 
has her own arts radio show on Eastside Radio in Sydney on Fridays. So given how busy she is, we're going to learn as well how the artist actually found time within her schedule to arrange the sittings for the portraits, as well as the different approaches to their individual works. Sally's portrait of Claudia is hanging in the Art Gallery of New South Wales as a finalist in this year's Archibald. John's version can be seen in the Salon de Refusé at the SH Irvine Gallery. Speaking with us, John Klein is in one part of town, Sally Ryan in another, both joining us on the phone. John, firstly, thanks for making the time to chat. Well, thanks for having me on your program, Tim. And Sally, thank you for joining us as well. Yes, the same. Thank you for having me. Sally, first of all, and we'll bounce these questions between both you and John, what was the reason why you wanted to do a portrait of Claudia? Uh, Well, probably for a couple of reasons. Firstly, she interviewed me this time last year, which was actually through the help of John. He actually sort of introduced me to Claudia. And she interviewed me because I had done a large painting commission for St Mary's Cathedral. Mm. And uh, at the end of um, talking to her, and she's sort of so easy to talk to, and I felt very comfortable with her, uh, I asked her if she would be interested in being painted. And she just jumped on the idea straight away. So I didn't really have any grander plan that I thought, oh, she'd be, she's iconic, she's stylish, she's interesting, and she's easy to work with. So mm. that was kind of my first sort of thoughts with Claudia. And John, on the back of that response from Sally, you obviously have a past history with Claudia, but did you always want to do a portrait of her? Well, I've actually painted Claudia four times wow. um, over the last couple of years, and I've known Claudia for a long time. I've known her since about 2000 she used to her mother used to have a dress shop in the queen victoria building called vivian chan designs and claudia used to work with her mother as a designer and i used to be the marketing manager of that building at the time so i I got i got to know her way back then and i've stayed in touch over the years and yeah i just she's such a great subject Mm. i mean i'll probably paint her again because she's she's great she loves it she's really easy to work with she, you know, she really engages with you on the whole process. Given that you have undertaken a number of portraits of Claudia and the arranging of sittings and the way it's undertaken is very different to how it was done during the Renaissance period. How is it that you go about, I mean, first of all, putting a sitting together? Well, I I use photographs. Um, I paint completely differently to Sally and that's probably good because it's interesting to explore the different ways people work i i spend i like to spend a lot of time with the subject talking to them and i take a lot of photographs and i usually have in my mind like how i want them to look like in the case of the painting i just did with claudia i wanted to paint her as a sculpture so i had about 10 different sculptures that we kind of looked at together and i had a pose as the sculptures in, in all these different poses mm. and photographed her in all these different poses. And then from that, I kind of worked a few up and decided which one I thought would work the best because I wanted it to represent her as well, but I wanted it to be true to the original sculpture that I was referencing. So it was kind of a blending of the two. John, the one that we're seeing hanging in the salon at the moment, that's an Art Deco type of yeah. representation, I think. Yeah, it is. So it's based on a sculpture by Joseph Lorenzo, who um, worked primarily, he was an Austrian sculptor and ceramicist, and he worked in the 1930s and throughout the Art Deco period. He's very well known 
um, at the time. So I have referenced a work by him. So I basically mm. turned Claudia into a sculpture is basically what I've done. Mm. So I've painted her as the sculpture. And the reason I did that was because she loves Art Deco. So do I. She totally got the concept and really, you know, wanted to buy into it, which was terrific. And it just, I think it kind of worked. In, I mean, I don't think of, I could paint anyone else like that. She's a very stylish looking woman and she, you know, she has a bob, which was very popular in the 1920s. Yes. So she looks yes. like she stepped out of the 1920s. So it really worked well in that case. So, uh, yeah, it just all came together. And Sally, okay, on that, how did you arrange your sittings with Claudia? Uh, well, I'd say that probably the big difference or one of the big differences for me is that um, I, I like to tell stories when I, when I paint people. I mean, I'm interested as a portrait artist, I'm interested in, in uh, people's stories. I'm interested in them. So a lot of my, I feel my paintings about people are, are really focused on sort of that. And, and I think it's an exploration of um, other people's lives for me. I mean, you know, I'm a realist painter and uh, a lot of my art practice is actually painting from life. I do that two, three times a week. Every week I'm painting people from life or I'm painting any other things from life. And I spent many years training as a classical um, painter, studying anatomy, studying, um, you know, the human anatomy and, and so on, and many years of drawing, which is a, a, a huge skill set that sort of leads into doing a painting like like the one I've done of, of Claudia. But for me, it was very much about telling a story. And she's a champion of other artists. You know, she champions their art, their work is what I'm trying to say. She's she's um, super supportive. She's very energetic and enthusiastic. And I, I kind of thought, well, it would be really nice to be able to tell, not only reveal sort of something of her character, but to tell something of her story, of the sorts of things that she does if there was anything that was complicated about it is that she does too many things. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's true. It, like I said in the intro, amazing. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and look, once again, she's, you know, Art Deco theme. She was running tours at the time, you know, and lecturing on um, Art Deco design. And I, I it was a long time from the point at which I asked her to the time when I actually got a sitting with Claudia. And I had done a lot of research in that time. I'd explored lots of different concepts. I'd gone and bought an Art Deco chair because, in fact, I'd gone looking for Art Deco chairs everywhere um, because I, like John, wanted to have this overarching theme in my painting. And that that extended to a lot of things. It extended to the colours. It extended to the actual overall design of the painting. It extended to the patterns. It extended to the fact that she actually her dress is an Art Deco design on her dress, which she designed herself. Lots of little elements to it, which I think when you combine them all, sort of tell a story about who she is and what she does. And that was my, my main aim. Mm, quite a bit of planning there, Sally, I think. Yes, mm. months. Mm. So, do, given all of that, do you think <laughs> any time does it happen when you get halfway through the work or, or three quarters of the way through the work and decide... I've got this wrong. I, I, this is the wrong direction. I sometimes get to the end of a painting yeah. and I think, oh, I'd love to start that again because uh -huh. all of a sudden a new idea will come to me. Not that I don't like the old one, but then I'll just be thinking, wow, there's, actually I could have done another one. Oh, there's something else I could say or another way to say it. I could have done about eight or ten different paintings of Claudia and I had done 
mock-ups of yeah. those different ideas where she was standing, where she was in all sorts of different gestures. And they all would have been great paintings of Claudia. But the one that I – the composition I chose in the end was the one that gave me the greatest potential to say the most about her. And given that one of these portraits is in the Archibald, one of the versions is in the Archibald, do you look at them when they're done? Do you think of what perhaps the criteria might be within the judge's mind at the Archibald that particular year and say, rather than just eeny, meeny, miny, mo, do you say, well, actually, this one will probably get me across the line? No, I don't do that because it's a waste of time. Um, you know, you could never pick what anybody else is going to see or not see or what the agenda is for the Archibald Art Prize or any other art prize. Yeah. So, yeah. no, I'm afraid to do that I would lose integrity and integrity is very important to me. I feel like I must do the painting that, that I want to do that is, you know, how I see it and, um, yeah, so I don't ever consider that sort of thing. Yeah, and I was having a chat with someone early this morning, actually outside of this interview, about how it's pretty much impossible to determine what might be in the minds of the judges at the Archibald from year to year, as much as you might like to think that perhaps you have an idea. Ultimately, you don't. But John, with you, given the number of times you have painted Claudia as a subject, is this your best or perhaps most favoured representation of her, do you think? Mm. Each painting I've done has been quite different. I did a, I have done another painting of her as a sculpture, but as a different sculpture. And that was, I was pretty happy with that as well. That one ended up going down to Canberra into the last 100 for the Darling Portrait Prize. So I was, I was excited about that. So I think they like that one. But each painting you see something different in that you like, I think. Um, and they each have their own merits. I think this one's probably the most interesting that I've done of her, I guess. Technically, there are a couple of things in it that I really wanted to achieve. Like the, there's a lot of the metal and, and the reflections on the metal. I, I really wanted to bring those out. Also, the base is um, like a, a green marble, and I really wanted to try and um, capture the feel of the marble. So just trying to represent things fairly accurately, I guess, is, is what I challenged myself with in this particular painting. And Sally, you were introduced to Claudia via John, and I guess to a certain extent you had an understanding that what John had represented in terms of his portrait of Claudia, he had an intention of perhaps entering his portrait of Claudia into the Archibald. Do you then have to consider about how you're going to go about this differently? considering you know that there's another artist who is quite likely to use the same subject as an entry into the Archibald. I actually didn't know that. Right. I had no idea she was being painted by anybody else. Right. Um, I didn't ask her that, and I had no idea about that. And, I, look, I don't think I actually, when I embarked on painting Claudia, had only the Archibald in mind. It, it was a case of I really like to paint her. I think she's an interesting woman. Um, I like painting interesting women. And uh, and so I thought, well, look, if it doesn't make the Archibald, it, there'll be something else that will come along and and, um, and I'm just going to do the painting that I need to do, that I want to do, and however long it takes me, that will affect, you know, or determine which, which prize it may go into. Uh -huh. I definitely painted it with art prizes in mind, right, right. Um, but but whether it, it was the Archibald or something else, you know, was perhaps less less important. In fact, I probably 
wasn't even sure if I was ever going to enter the Archibald again. <laughs> I think I had got to that stage. <laughs> so, the bitter and twisted stage. <laughs> I don't know if it's called bitter and twisted. It's just a bit exhausted by the yeah. process of it all, really. Mm. And, um, yeah. yeah, so, but it, look, I ended up getting the painting done in time. And, um, and when I mentioned it to Claudia, she seemed quite excited by the idea. So, I, yeah, I went ahead with it. So if we use the Archibald as a, as a timeline, as a deadline, for example, how soon... Before the Archibald deadline, did you start painting Claudia? Oh, it was well. If I talk about when I first approached her, it was a year in advance. I I didn't in this instance get a sitting with her until um, November the year before, like like last year, and I actually didn't get a canvas to start painting on until. Uh, January. So I painted very long hours, probably from eight in the morning till eight at night around other responsibilities and uh, painted solidly for the, all of that time. And I will do that if if I have to try and meet a, a deadline in the end, which I sort of did. I worked very hard in the end to do it. So yeah, usually, usually a painting that size and of that level of detail could take me anywhere between two and four months, depending on the on what's involved. Mm, great. And looking at the, it's like a shopping list of prizes that you've been a finalist in. If we take a look at your website, the list just goes on and on. There is a huge commitment there, no doubt. John, if I could just swing the question back to you, similar sort of question I'm asking. Yeah. You introduce Claudia to Sally, and then you think to yourself, well, I've got a, a painting here that I want to actually enter into the yeah. Archibald as well. Does that present a conflict to you? Does that cross your mind at all? Well, I, I, I did know that Sally was painting Claudia, but I didn't know what it was for, to be honest. Um, and, it, and it didn't really concern me because I, I, knew that, I knew the way that I was going to approach the painting and I knew it would be completely different to how Sally would approach it. I just kind of knew in my mind, knowing Sally's work, uh, I kind of thought it would be a very different approach, which it was. So it didn't really concern me because we're both very different artists and have different styles and techniques. It was, and also too, when I when I did it, a bit like Sally, you know, sometimes you start a painting, well, I, for me, sometimes I start a painting and I complete it and sometimes I don't like them, <laughs> and, then I, and then I won't enter the new things if I don't like them. It's really only if I'm happy with the, 100% happy with the painting that I bother entering it in any arts award because um, obviously you want to put your, your best work forward. Now, I don't want to pitch each of you against each other. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, go on. <laughs> but Sally, first of all, if I was to ask you to formulate a response to John's rendering of of Claudia, mm. uh, how would you how would you describe it? How would you respond to it? Oh, I think it's fun. Um, I think I think his idea of, of representing her as a, a a deco goddess and particularly referencing the um, style of sculpture that he has, I think it's a, a great idea. In that respect, I think it it works, and I can see how he would come up with such an idea. I didn't, <laughs> but I can see <laughs> I can see how I, that that is probably how I would most likely take take my um you know the the painting or sort of comment on it. Yes, and I think if you just look at Claudia's own personal brand, her own style, it does exude a certain level of enthusiasm mm. and fun, yeah. and this is. This is what also makes her such a great media presenter as well. She has a great light to shine, if you like, very, very sparkling in a way. And John, by the same token, if you were to, yes. I guess, critique 
Sally's work. How does that talk to you? Well, I love Sally's work. I should say I have actually done some training under Sally, so I have a great ad- admiration for her um, skill and ability. And uh, what I do think Sally has done very successfully has is capture the essence of Claudia. And knowing Claudia very well, as soon as I saw her, I thought, wow, she's really captured the person. And that's that's really the sign of a great portrait artist. You know, it's capturing the person and, and bringing forth their personality in a painting. And I think that's been done very successfully. Oh, Congratulations, Sally. Yeah. I, love, oh, thanks, I, love, <laughs> I love the painting and I love yeah. all the other little references to the year of the rabbit and the other elements um, that bring to life Claudia's interests, like she's got the collectomania book on the on the table and and just the other little things that that really bring the person. Oh, uh, look, I Claudia's. think the, the, the star of it was Gumby, actually. I, that was yeah. Uh, <laughs> yes, look, Gumby, Gumby made an appearance. Gumby, Gumby made an appearance firstly because he was the right colour, but yeah. um, also as a reference to her toy collecting. But yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I think I think Gumby's been a hit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, Gumby's great. And also the the chair and the wallpaper and all of those wonderful, like subtle references to the period and, and Claudia's collecting and, and love of the Art Deco period. I mean, look, there's challenges in a, in a painting like that, you know, to paint the design on that dress. It's one of those things where you have to take a deep breath before you start and go, I can do this. Um, mm. Yeah, it's yeah. That's probably you know some of the most challenging aspects of a painting like that one. But it yeah. was important. It was important for me to include things like that because it's so much of of you know what she's about. Yeah. No, there's certainly a lot of detail in it, and and it really um, you can see that. I, I mean, being a painter, I can see how much time you would have spent on that to to capture all of that detail. It's incredible work. Well, thanks, John. Yeah, you're welcome. This, I think, discussion, what we've just heard from the two of you, opens up another question, which is about how artists can motivate other artists when you see Mm. other artists work. Does it then engender something new or creative or perhaps a level of doubt or inability in what you can produce? I'm just thinking about the the broader aspect of arts, Mm. in particular in music. In 1966, when the Beach Boys released their Pet Sounds album, Paul McCartney, he heard that album and was shocked and concerned he felt that it reached so far into imagination and creativity that he wondered how the Beatles could match that level of artistic merit in the music that he heard and the mm-hmm. the, the way it stretched, I guess, the, the calibre and, and the expectations of the audience. And perhaps the same exists between visual artists such as yourselves. Do you sometimes feel that level of, of self-doubt when you see somebody else's work and think, there's no way, even considering the extent of how established both of you are as artists, you feel that perhaps there's no way you can meet or reach beyond the bar that has been set by an artist that you admire or perhaps a new artist who comes on the scene and presents a work which is just, from your perspective, astonishing. Yeah, I'm going to go first on that. Yeah, I constantly feel massive self-doubt. Uh, sometimes it's from artists that I, I personally know who I just have enormous respect for and I think, oh, man, I should have started a lot earlier in my life doing this. They're just um, – their skill and their, you know, what they understand and what they are able to do is extraordinary. I mean, particularly from painters overseas, and I'm not just talking about past painters but contemporary painters that I, you know, follow on social media and so forth. 
you know, I quite often, on the one hand, it's massively inspirational. It's something that I look up to and I think I strive for. And at the same time, I can feel completely overwhelmed that um, it's just unattainable. So, yeah, you, it's, it's a constant battle, um, that sort of self-doubt and also drive at the same time to continually want to perfect and, and be better or to, to improve the way you're doing things. Yeah. How about, how about you, John? I think uh, most artists, and I'm not just talking about visual artists, uh, like but visual and performing artists, often have bouts of self-doubt. And I think that comes part of it. And if you think about it, artists, you know, we're constantly putting our work out for scrutiny. We're putting it out for everyone to see, for people to scrutinise on a daily basis. So you have to have a very thick skin as well, I think, because if you're a wilting violet, you will sort of survive. Oh, come um, on, John. All artists are wilting virus. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know too many that have got that uh, degree of resilience well, all the time. Well, yeah, I guess. But um, <laughs> but it is it is one of those things. I mean, you know, every artist tries to do their best, and they and they they always, you know, you want to put your best foot forward and present yourself in the best possible light. But at the end of the day, I think it's very difficult if you're constantly comparing yourself to other people. I think. Ultimately, you have to find your own style and your own voice through your art, and I think just kind of go with it. <laughs> I mean, I'm like Sally. I've I've only really been painting for the last ten years, so I'm relatively new to it as well. So I'm 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 learning. I'm on a steep learning curve, and I'm constantly trying to get better and constantly looking at other artists to to see you know how do they do that or you know what's that technique. I'm I'm always analysing people's work to see what I can take from that to add it to my own practice. But I guess, yeah, I, I guess you never stop learning. Would you say that's true, Sally? Oh, absolutely. I think if you're not feeling like that, you're just not progressing. So, yeah. uh, in fact, the times that you're most frustrated with your work are actually are the times when actually something good is happening, but you just haven't got there yet, which is what yeah. I say to my students often because I teach several days a week as well. And it's what I often say to my students, you know, when you feel the most uncomfortable, it's because you've seen more, you've understood more, but you just haven't got your hands yet doing what it is that your your mind has become aware of. Sometimes I think the, the life of an artist is also a life of significant rejection yeah. because you submit works, whether it be to art prizes or just to the general public, to galleries, to see what the response is from the public, hopefully to make sales where you can. But for the most part, that doesn't happen. You get more rejections than you do kicking goals in a way. And and in terms of kicking goals, what's the reaction been to your work? John, first of all, I mean, Claudia, I mean, what was her reaction to your portrait of her? Um, oh, Claudia, Claudia loved it. She was, she, she loved the, the concept from, from the outset and she was very excited with the, the finished painting and she was really excited when she found out it got into the salon. So as, as was I. So um, that was that was that was pretty pretty exciting for both of us. And you, Sally? Uh, well, my her first response, which I thought was great, was a wow. <laughs> she thought she you know she loved the painting. She did say to me though that she, afterwards, um, and particularly after the um, she found out it was in the Archibald, which she, she was super excited about. Um, she said that uh, she was a little nervous about how I would represent her because I'm a realist painter. She was um, a bit worried about, you know, whether I would see every little, you know, crease and 
crevice and all the rest of it. But I think she felt relieved that I portrayed her as she is, as she appears to me anyway, which is elegant and confident. You know, that's what I set out to do. But I think she was happy with the painting and I think she was happy with the story that was told. Sally, you know what she said to me? She <laughs> said, Sally is very kind. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Look, I mean, I, it, you know, it does not matter to me who I paint and what they look like, really. To me, it's about creating a beautiful painting. And if she says that sort of thing, the thing that I, I gain from that, which is the positive, is that somehow my design and my composition has worked to create something that people like to look at. And it's it's less about uh, someone's physical attributes and it's more about the whole body of work, you know, or the work as a whole. Yeah. Do you ever show a work in progress, either of you? Um, I, I do. Like, I'm, I just did a commission last week and I, I do only because you don't want to get to the end and there's something very wrong and you have to start again. So... But, it's, but it is kind of, you have to qualify it every time. You have to kind of explain what you're doing and where you're at and how it's going to progress because people don't normally understand the process. I think that's pretty reasonable for a commission. And you, Sally? Yes and no. It depends on the commission as to how much I share it. I have had experiences in the past where, as John was just explaining, people don't understand the process. They don't understand where you're at at the painting. And halfway through, sometimes they can look pretty ordinary as you as you work on them. It's not like you sort of have a little window that you're painting on and it feeds out from there and all the rest of it. Sometimes it, in the beginning stages, it can it can feel quite basic and overemphasised perhaps in some ways as you explore all the shapes. So if you show people halfway through, they can become alarmed. So I don't always like to do that, but it depends on the commission. If there's, if it's like the one I did for St Mary's Cathedral, that took a year to do, and obviously um, the people from the Archdiocese of Sydney wanted to see um, that the work was progressing. So there's different different uh, reasons for sharing it. I don't like sharing my work with a lot of other artists in the process because I I don't like to um, have other people's ideas invade my own thinking. Yes. Yes. Um, that that's really a problem because it can really take you um, or take your focus off what you initially intended. I think probably the only person I share work with at um, those stages is my son, who's also an artist um, and a very good artist. And I have such respect for his opinion that you know, and he he sort of gets where I'm going with the painting. So uh, you know, that that's the only time I would be inclined to, to really be confident about sharing it halfway through. I do really appreciate your time on the podcast today. But before I let you go, in terms of the arts in Australia going forward, if you had one wish that could perhaps sum up what you would love to see the arts develop into or to see what the arts could be or should be in Australia, what would that one wish be? John, you first of all. I think there should be more um, education and appreciation of the arts in general. I feel like sport takes centre stage all the time and sucks up all the public funding. And I think that, I just think there should be more appreciation and more awareness of art and art should become, like it is in, in Europe, it becomes part of the fabric of society. We haven't reached that point in Australia. And I think, I don't know whether we ever will, but I'd like to think that art would become more more a part of everyone's life, whether it be through great design or, or sculpture or paintings or, or what have you. 
yeah, anywhere where I've had to get up and make a a presentation or introduce somebody when it's related to the arts, I always bang on about how the arts in Australia as a whole across the board actually sells more tickets to the public than sports in Australia, which people find an actual phenomenal figure. But that's basically the truth. That's that's the fact. And Sally, about you, what's that one wish in the arts for you? I think I would um, uh, be saying the same largely as John has just expressed. I think only adding to that, that I'd love to see a little more collaboration in the whole arts sector in terms of, say, like art prizes. There's a lot of money in Australia that floats around in art prizes and it goes to individuals. I just, I'd love to see a little bit more of a collaborative-minded effort and where, you know, there might be more, um, you know, showing of contemporary Australian works in a slightly different way or, I don't know, different different ways to reward artists on a broader broader sense than we get. I feel like in a little bit with some of the art prizes that are around Australia, because of the amount of money, you will not find that kind of prize money overseas compared to here in Australia. And I think it sets up this philosophy around sport like sport where you have a superstar rather than sort of rewarding the arts generally. So that would be my extra comment on that. I mean, I'd like it. I, I think it'd be great if people like – Mr. and Mrs. Joe Average could name some Australian artists. Like, I think if you ask someone in the street, can you name five Australian artists, contemporary artists, they wouldn't be able to do it. Mm-hmm. It's, uh, can you name five sporting stars? They probably would. It just doesn't, I don't know, it just doesn't get the cut through, I think, that sport does um, or, or the, the accolades or focus from um, the ordinary kind of person. Yeah, and a lot of that actually comes down to development, unfortunately. It's not something we can just switch on and hope will happen. Yeah, yeah, yeah no, I that, don't that's think, a I don't think thing. art education occurs even at the school level. I mean, I've had, no. you know, quite a lot of experience. I used to teach younger younger children, but um, and you know, right through to through to now, and I just don't think there's any conversation that even happens from a young age about any you know, type of experience or art appreciation or even involvement in art really very much. So I think people just don't even have a language around art to even, you know, they might enjoy turning up to these blockbuster events, but, um, you know, there's not a lot of value placed on on it as a a choice of career, for instance, I suppose. It is a very frustrating situation, I think, for people who who work in the arts and actually want the arts to be recognised for the level of engagement that actually the population has and the level of engagement that it could develop into and the extension of that culture within Australia. And that's the reason why I raise it with every gallery director, a gallerist themselves, whether it's in the commercial sense or every curator, because I think what has to happen is basically we just need to talk about it some more, which in fact is what we've been doing. And John and Sally, it's been terrific talking to you. Always great to catch up with artists and get a bit of perspective. And this has been a really interesting one, the sharing of a single subject between two artists. And I really appreciate your candid discussion, your perspectives, and it's been great having you on the podcast. I appreciate having us on. Thank you. Yeah, it's been great. Thank you. That's John Klein and Sally Ryan discussing their very different and diverse approaches to the one subject for their entry into this year's Archibald Prize. The Archibald Prize at the Art Gallery of New South Wales is on display until the 3rd of September, the Salon de Refusé at the SH Irvine Gallery in Sydney until the 23rd of July. And coming up, you can see more of John's work at the Affordable Art Fair with a pop-up gallery called Depicture 
from the 15th to the 18th of June, that's in Sydney. And as Sally mentioned, she also teaches portrait and still life painting. That's at Hamley Studio of Fine Art. Head to hamleystudio.com.au for those details. But links to all those items mentioned can be found easily at the description of this episode at our own website, www.insidethegallery.com.au. Thanks for your company and continued interest in this podcast. Until next time, I'm Tim Stackpole reminding you that when you're in the gallery, any gallery, remove your backpack, okay? Bye-bye for now. Bye-bye for now.